0: Well, we certainly thank the Lord that he was willing to stand on Calvary and shed his blood on our behalf. He wasn't ashamed to hang between heaven and earth for us. And boy, I'll tell you what, what a song, huh? What a song and uh, what a blessing that is. Well, singles tonight, don't forget, we do have our book of the month club and uh, make sure you gather there. It'll take about five, 10 minutes, in about 10 minutes. We'll get back there and take care of that. But great job, ladies. We appreciate that song. What a, te- what a, what a message in that song. And that was a tremendous message. Amen. Well, uh, tonight I've asked uh, Brother Brad to come and speak. Uh, His family's from uh, out of town, and they don't get to hear him a whole lot. I can't even imagine. uh, I I would hate to see my children have to move away. It's a possibility, obviously, in this mobile culture we live in, and especially uh, in his case in the ministry. Who knows where the Lord's going to send him and Megan and their family. And I'm due for a grandchild here in January. And, uh, you know, I... I think I would probably give him a death wish if he left before January, but uh, <laughs> you know you never know though you know you just don 't know with the Lord you know I mean he could send him anywhere around the world you know and uh, but boy, I tell you what uh, I know his family 's anxious to hear him and uh, i, I 'd be proud of him if I were them he 's doing a tremendous job we 're certainly grateful to have him around here, and I know as a son in law he 's doing a fabulous job I trust him with my daughter that 's a big Thing right there and I uh, trust him with you and that's a big thing also and uh, so anyway Brother Brad you come preach for us would you?
1: Well, I do appreciate the opportunity anytime I have to preach but uh, you know it's a little a little more special tonight uh, with having my family in and uh, appreciate uh, pastor giving me the opportunity and uh, even allowing my sister to play the piano there and and I got to hear my, my favorite singer there just now, and man, it's it's just been a good day in the house of the Lord, and man, what a good song. That You know, I hope we're not ashamed of the name of Jesus tonight, and you know, something we have to be thankful for is that Jesus is not ashamed of us, and uh, man, isn't that such a great blessing to be a child of God and to be able to be called a child of God, and uh, just, man, the God is so good, and uh, I didn't... Uh, give a testimony earlier because i knew i'd be up here and be able to give one up here but i'm just so thankful uh how god's blessed me and um you know with my family here i got uh at least four generations of christianity that i can go back and and see and uh you know starts right over there with my grandfather and my parents and me and and my uh kids growing up coming on the way and uh man that's something that so easily take it for granted, uh, man, a lot of people don 't have that they don 't have that heritage and man, just to, to be able to grow up in the environment, the home life that I was able to do and man it, it's what a blessing that is, and I appreciate that, and you know one of the greatest things when God called me to preach, and i didn 't have anybody discouraging me. you know there's some uh, some of the, even possibly some of these young men here or that we've known, man when, when God called them to preach. Their family, the ones you would think would encourage them, discouraged them. And, you know, well, let's see about this, you know, is this thing real? Or Man, you know, if you go into the ministry, you might be here, there, or yonder, or this and that. But, man, from day one, my parents have been back in me and excited for me and what the Lord would have for us. And uh, even though, you know, they've got one son and a grandson in Florida, and now they've got a son in Ohio and a little girl on the way, you know, it is tough for them, but... Hey, they would rather us be where God wants us Amen. than to be close to home out of the will of God. And you know, I appreciate that of them. And like I said, it's it's never there's never been any tension there. And uh, so, what a blessing that is. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter number eight. <clears throat> my, uh, I think my dad will remember this. Um, it's probably been. Five five years or more ago, he wrote Jeremiah 8.20 on a piece of paper in my Bible, and he said, here's a verse to preach. And uh, that's been in my Bible for, like I said, over five years or so now. And I, I come across that often, but uh, God has not given me the opportunity to preach that. And this week, uh, the Lord laid this on my heart, and I thought, man, it's exciting how God works that out. And uh, so, um, you know, that's the kind of upbringing and back, backing that I got from my parents. You know, my dad encouraging me and the Lord and encouraged me. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if uh, I'll meet up to the expectation of that verse there for him. But, uh, man, I came across that. And Lord started putting this on my heart. And so I'm just thankful for that today. But, um, man, Jeremiah, he had a heart of compassion. He had a heart of compassion. Uh, for his people. And uh, he didn't have an easy task. Uh, of what he was dealing with. And uh, the people of Israel there rejecting his message. And, and he's trying to warn them that judgment was coming. But they just seemed to not care. You know. And uh, we can look at the life of Jeremiah. And man there's ups and downs in his life. And there's times where he wanted to quit. And almost does. But you know what kept him going? The message of God. The message of God in his heart. He, couldn't, he just couldn't give up. And that's what we need today, is for God's message to burn in our hearts so much, that no matter what comes our way, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what we're facing, that we can't give up. Because we know that, hey, this is what God wants for us. This is what God has for us. You know, I was talking yesterday in the Go Rally about when Josh and I were in college, and we worked at Steak and Shake, and they called us the Baptist boys. You know, and you can get a reputation for the way you act and things, and some, you know, the, some minute for good, some minute for bad. You know, but I thought that was a pretty good nickname for us, you know. And we see Jeremiah's nickname here, the Weeping Prophet. Some may say, well, you know, man, he's a sissy. That's a sissy nickname. You know, real men don't cry, you know, stuff like that. But I think if we look at the heart of Jeremiah, we see what he's weeping over. The souls of people and, and the wickedness of his people as he's wanting to see him turn back to God and he's, he's wanting to see God work in their lives and he's wanting to do exactly what God has for him. I'd say that's a good nickname to have. That's something good to be known about. You know, there was uh, the only way that Jeremiah could keep going on though was by the faithfulness of God and God's mercy upon him. And we see the faithfulness of Jeremiah, you know... Uh, there was a time in, in David's life, you know, when he felt like there was absolutely nobody that cared about him. Nobody cared about what was going on. Nobody cared about the situation. Have you ever been there? Been there? Hey, maybe you're there tonight. But the, in Psalm 142, it says, I looked on my right hand to beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge fell on me. No man cared for my soul. David found himself in this rut. Hey, but he had to. Turn to the Lord. Hey, when we get down in that rut tonight, it's only the Lord that's going to get us through. Hey, it's only God that's going to be able to encourage us and to make a difference in our lives. But I think we could see a great difference in the lives of those around us in the lost world today if, if, we, share, if we had some characteristics of Jeremiah and he did with his people. Before we jump in tonight, let's go ahead and ask the Lord uh, to bless the service tonight. Father, we do just thank you for this opportunity that we have to be here. God, I pray that you would just bless your word as it's preached tonight. God, I pray you'd open our hearts or that we'd be willing to make changes if need be. God, that we would leave here better servants for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I've been dealing with the little throat problem, so just deal with me there. But, uh, you know, when is the last time that uh, somebody's a loved one, or somebody's sinned around us, or even our own sin, that it really bothered us. And I'm talking about bothering us so much that we did something about it. You know, sometimes that sin just becomes so um, often and so frequent that, you know, we just kind of brush it up by. We just kind of overlook it and say, well, man, I know that they're caught up in that sin, but as long as they're doing that, then I feel comfortable doing this. Man, but we can see that Jeremiah, his... The the wickedness and the sin of his people bothered him. Hey, it caused him to be put into action because he had a love for the lost. And out of all the prophets of God, there's no doubt that Jeremiah loved his people, and he took it very serious. And as he was greatly affected by them around him, you know we uh, we know the parable of the lost sheep there, and how he left the 99 to go get the one. Hey, that every one is important. Hey, that everybody is worth going after. But how many times can we be guilty of having the one and leaving the 99 not going after them? We say, well, I, I feel pretty good with this one that I've gotten and I've been able to, to, to be an influence in this person's life and that's great and that's what we ought to strive for. But hey, we got to keep going. we got to keep doing more for the cause of Christ. That's why I see His, his love affected His actions. His love affected His actions. Uh, you know, Jeremiah 8.20, it says, The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. You know, as they reject the, the message of God and His judgments coming down... And they weren't even able to get food out of the crops. And uh, as they were in bondage there, and we see that, hey, uh, we as a, a country better wake up today because the harvest is passing. You know, I think God is trying to warn us today and tell America, hey, Christians need to wake up today because the harvest is passing by every day. And every day that we don't go out there, we're not a witness to those around us We're seeing the harvest pass by. You know, we see, uh, many of times we see the example of the people rejecting the message of God. Hey, but we can't, we can't, uh, change the results, but we can change whether we give it to them or we don't. Hey, if they reject the gospel, if they reject the message of God, then that's on them. Hey, and it's off our hands. Hey, but if they haven't got the message, if they haven't received it to reject it, then that's on us. You know, you think of the people in Noah's day, as he's building the ark, and day in and day out, he's trying to warn them about this flood. But they think he's crazy. They think it's just ridiculous. They they hadn't even heard of rain before, and they didn't understand why Noah was doing this. said, hey, God told me this. Hey, God's trying to warn you. But they didn't believe it until it was too late. They didn't believe it until the door was shut and the rain was falling down. And it was too late to change their mind then. Hey, we've got to wake up today. We've got to get out and we've got to get to the harvest. You know, the problem is not that there's no harvest, but the problem is that the laborers are few. We know Matthew chapter number 9, verse 37. Very familiar verse here, 37 and 38. It says, Then saith he unto his disciples... The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that He will send forth labors into His harvest. You know, Jeremiah stated that his heart pained and that he was literally hearing the cry of his heart regarding uh, the herd of the people there. You know, are we that sensitive to the Holy Spirit? and that it hurts that and we can feel and that we've got to do something. Hey, we've got to make a difference in somebody's lives today because hey, we can't stand just standing back on the sidelines and not being obedient to God. Hey, but not just hearing the Holy Spirit speak to us but responding to the call of the Holy Spirit and acting upon that. You know, it must not only just affect our heart and and, it, and have a pain over them and, and hurt that we see them struggling or we see that our nations turn away from God, but that it affects our actions that we do what we can do. Jeremiah 20, verse number 9 says Then I said, I will make mention of him, not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, I could not stay. Man, he said, you know what? I'm tired of warning them. Hey, I'm not going to warn them anymore. But he said that I couldn't keep from doing it because the message of God was burning in my bones like a fire. You know, that convicts me because when's the last time that God's message was burning in my bones like a fire? When's the last time that I was able to overcome the flesh. You know, you see somebody and you, and God pricks your heart and says, Hey, you need to go witness to that person. He said, No, they won't, they won't listen. They don't, it won't make a difference. He says, but but that fire that's burning inside of me, I couldn't just hold it in. Now, I had to go over. I had to tell them, hey, allowing the word of God to to fill our hearts and to become a part of our life. Hey, you know, the Christian life isn't just a a thing that we do on Sundays or Wednesdays, but it ought to be a part of our life. Revolving around the Word of God and the things of God and making sure that we're giving God His proper place in our life. You know, God is telling America today to wake up. Wake up, Christians. Hey, I need you Hey, we can't afford to lose anybody. Hey, I know you're in a struggle right now. I know you You may be discouraged with the situation you're in, but you can make it. Hey, you can make it. Hey, when it feels like nobody cares and nobody's there, it's when God's at His best. That's when God's at His closest, as long as we access to Him. You know something about a harvest? If you just leave the harvest out there, and you never go out there and and reap that harvest, you're going to start to lose it. It's going to start to go bad. It's going to start to rock. Then it's going to be no good. And that's what the same thing we're dealing with with lives today. Hey, as we're just allowing the harvest to pass, people are perishing for eternity. You know, Jeremiah was loyal to the Lord. You know, as we said, this wasn't a very popular position for Jeremiah to be. Hey, it never is when God gives you a message to to preach against the sin or a wickedness of a country here or the people. And it's never a popular message. And nobody is really eager to sit down and to hear this message. But Jeremiah is loyal to what the Lord has for him. So this is what God wants. In Jeremiah 42, 4, it says, Then Jeremiah the prophet said unto him, I have heard you. Behold, I will pray unto the Lord your God according to your words. And it shall come to pass that whatsoever the saying, the Lord shall answer you, I will declare it unto you, I will keep nothing back from you. Hey, Jeremiah made it very clear that his desire was to only speak the message of God. He wasn't going to add to it, he wasn't going to take away from it, and that's what people need today. Hey, people don't need our opinions, people don't need um, our personal viewpoint on things, but what they need is the truth. What they need is the message of God from the Word of God. People are looking in so many directions today to find the truth. The only truth, 100% truth, is right here in the Word of God. And as a Christian, we have the opportunity, we have the tools to get that truth to them. We know over there in Revelation chapter 22, verse number 18 says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things... God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Hey, God makes it very clear that we're not to alter or change this book, the Word of God. And uh, I hit on this a little bit in Sunday school this morning, but how many times are we find people that are trying to change the Word of God to fit their life? where we need to be changing our life to fit the Word of God. Hey, when we've got the, the perfect plan, when we've got the perfect Word of God, hey, there's nothing that we can do to add or take away that will make it any better than what it already is. And God's made it very clear, His message. Hey, now each and every one of us have to find that will of God for our lives, but you know, there's some revealed will that God gives to each and every one of us that, hey, God wants us to be a witness for Him. Hey, God wants us to be faithful to the house of God. God wants us to be in His, His Word and God wants to hear from us. God wants to communicate to us. Sometimes we look at those things and we think, man, look at all the requirements that God has for us. But you think the Creator of this universe wants us to talk to Him. Hey, He wants to hear from us. He wants us to bring our problems and our needs before Him. Man, that's a great privilege. That's a great honor to be able to come boldly before the Lord Jesus Christ. We see here, Jeremiah 38, verse 6, it says, Then took they Jeremiah and cast him into the dungeon of Malachi, the son of Amalek, that was in the court of the prison. They let down Jeremiah with cords, and in the dungeon there was no water but mire. So Jeremiah sunk in the mire see, Jeremiah, remain faithful to the Lord, even imprisonment here, even being thrown in the dungeon of mire. And isn't it amazing to study different characters from the Bible to see what they went through? And we think we got it bad off. Man, we think, man, I was out so winning last week and somebody slammed a door in my face. How dare they? That's it. I'm done. I'm quitting. God... You don't understand, it's too hard these days. He goes, yeah, you're right, I don't understand. I was only falsely accused. I was only hung on a cross and beaten and had a crown of thorns put on my head. Hey, he knows what it's like. He knows what it's like a lot more than we are. He think, well, you know, that's crazy. Nobody ever just quits for something like that. I think you'd be surprised if you talked to some people who have turned their back on God and what the reasoning is. I think it would shock some of us to see how that we would blame God or we would use a situation in our life that would cause us to get out of the things of God. You know, we've got to be careful to guard ourselves from that. You know, and I, I can't stand here tonight and say 100%. That, man, whatever comes my way, man, I'm never going to waver. I'm never. Hey, I haven't been put in some of those situations before. But what I can do tonight is stand here and beg God to keep me exactly where He wants me. Hey, and beg God that I don't waver from the Word of God. And that I'm going to take a stand and I'm going to have some convictions and some standards in my life to help keep me that way. Hey, we can't worry about what's not come. But we can worry about guarding up against it and doing what we can to remain faithful. (laughs) to keep ourselves from being the next castaway. But it's encouraging to me to see men of God who no matter what comes their way, they stick and stand by the stuff. Whether it be persecution or whatever, but man, hey, these men in the Bible are just like us tonight. Hey, and we can take the same stand that they do and we can have the same blessings of God on our life as they can. But it's only by the grace of God that we're going to make it through. But isn't it great that God wants to use us tonight? God's got a people that are hurting, a people that are needing. He wants to use each and every one of us to reach those people, to be an influence in their lives. Throughout the Bible, we can see different themes in people's life. And we think of John the Baptist and the coming of the Messiah, the forerunner there and we think of the Apostle Paul and as he's uh, sharing the gospel of the risen Savior. We think of Jeremiah and we see the, the mercy and faithfulness of our God. You know what I like about we see that Jeremiah was faithful as a man and give us the example to stick it out, to not give up. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 21-22 says, This I recall to my mind. Therefore have I hope it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. Hey, that's the only way that we can make it today. It's the only reason we're able to take a next step. You know, Jeremiah talked about the mercies of God, but he lived them as well. And he lived a a life to be faithful, to warn the people and and he didn't. Uh, it was there. Was times when he wanted to quit. There was times he wanted to give up. There was times he was tempted to give in. God's word burned inside of him; wouldn't allow it. God's message was so important in his life, and being obedient to God. Hey, but what about us tonight? What kind of example. What kind of model Christian are we being to those around us? Man, are we one that somebody can look and say? And there's a faithful servant of God. And there's somebody that's been through a rough time. I can look and scan across this auditorium and, man, there's so many people that have dealt with so many different things in this room. I couldn't even compare. I couldn't even understand. I couldn't even begin to to understand. But I see that they made it. I see that they're still here. And that they haven't given up. And oh, it's sad. We could also look and see some that aren't here tonight, that used to be. can't afford that anymore. God's saying, hey, let's wake up. Hey, He's looking for somebody that's not just going to be a Christian on Sunday or Wednesday, but that's going to be a Christian throughout the week. Seven days a week. Hey, do we have a concern for the lost? does the sin around us really bother us? Bother us enough that man, we've got to do something about it? Is the Word of God so important and so indwelled in our life and, and that we're uh, meditating and dwelling on it that it's like a fire burning inside of us? And we ought to be excited about the things of God. Man, we come to church and... Man, to get to hear those songs and, and sing praises to God, man, it, it excites me. And it thrills my soul to, to see what God's doing and how God's working in lives. Hey, but let's not just stop right here. Let's just not say, well, we've done enough. Or this is good enough. But let's take it to the next level. Hey, let's continue to do more and more for God. Jeremiah 820, The Harvest is Passed. Summer has ended and we are not saved. Hey, time is running out. But don't let that discourage you tonight, because there still is time. Sometimes we can say, Well, too far gone. It's nothing we can do now. We've just got to step back and tighten that seatbelt a little tighter. We're just in for the ride. Hey, but that's not what God says. God says, Hey, I want you to go down fighting. To the very last breath. To the very last breath. You know, I uh, read an illustration, I think it was a couple weeks ago, maybe in this past week, this preacher, he was visiting a a man on his deathbed. He said, man, preacher, he said, if I had the strength, I, I would just shout, praise God. He said, hmm, what about, you never did that when you had the strength. Why didn't you do it then? So, hmm. Hey, we don't know until we're on that point where it's too late. We can't do it anymore. Hey, we can't. We can't shout. We can't get out. We can't do the things. Hey, we better take advantage of the time that we have now. Hey, we better give the warning to those folks around us. We better give the warning to our coworkers. Hey, we better give the warning to our loved ones. Hey, it's not always going to be the popular message to give. Hey, it's not always going to be the easiest thing to do. But if it's what God wants, then it's the best thing to do. Hey, if it's where God wants you, if it's where God leads you. Hey, but to have that concern and that compassion for our people to make a difference. Hey, God's saying, hey, I need somebody I need a man that's going to stand up and fill the, fill the gap. Hey, I need a man that's going to say, Hey, no matter what comes my way, by God's grace, I'm going to make it through. Hey, it's not our own power. Hey, I can stand up here and say, Well, whatever comes my way, I'm strong enough to take it. i got broad shoulders. Well, God can give you more than your broad shoulders are going to take if you're counting on this flesh to carry you through. But God says, I'll never give you anything too hard that you can't handle with me, with me on your side. But it's, hey, we don't have to get to the point where we're laying on our backs and we got nowhere to turn except for God. Hey, let's make God our first option. Let's make God our first avenue of of access to you to say, hey God, what do you think about this? Hey God, what would you have me to do about this? Hey, it's good to, to get some godly advice and and counsel from the man of God, the pastor. Hey, but how many times do we want to just run to somebody that we know will back what we've got to say? And we say, hey, you know what? Hey, I'm thinking about doing this, and, and God's leading me. Well, is God really leading you? Are you leading you that way? Hey, it's just a, you know, this isn't something that's lightly. I man, this is serious business. And man, when we talk about the will of God for life, it's something that we better take serious. Hey, and it's not that God's trying to to hide His will from us in that you, you've got to jump through all these hoops and backflips and all that to find it because I'd be I wouldn't be able to. I don't think I was ever able to do backflips or jump through hoops ever. But uh, that's why Josh makes me sick. He's always doing that stuff. He's just walking down the street, jumping off things, doing things. You know, man, if I was able to do that. Few, too too many of those turkey meals, I think, <laughs> did me in. But God's got something for us. God's got something special for each and every one of us. What's He got for you tonight? But it's not just what does He have for you, but that you'll say, hey, I'm going to take what you have and I'm going to use it. I'm going to put it to use. Uh, a couple weeks ago when pastor was out of town and I got to preach... Uh, I talked a little bit about being hungry and thirsty for the things of God. And he'll, he'll feel that. And that's not been able to get off my heart. So I'm, I haven't been able to shake that. I, you know, it's one of those things where I said, I'm not going to mention that tonight. I feel like I mention it every time I'm up here. But it just found its way out again. <laughs> you know, I think that's one of those times where you can say, I just threw that in for free, right? You hear preachers say that. I just threw that in there for free. But that we would hunger and thirst after the things of God. Man, it's not too late for God to do something great with our country. It's not too late for God to do something great for our church. But it is going to have to take a people that's hungering and thirsting after the things of God. So many times I think we come... And we're so full of the world that we can't be hungry and we're not thirsty for the things of God. Because we've got other garbage in our life. And we've got to get that stuff out. We've got to empty ourselves and say, Hey God, I want what You want for me. Hey, I want to hunger and thirst after the things of God. Hey God, I want You to use me in a great and mighty way. Hey, I want to be a witness. I want to be whatever You have. But until we come hungry, until we come thirsty... God can't, can't fill us. He's saying, you're already full. You're already full. And, and it's more than just coming down to an altar and saying, okay, God, I want to empty myself. And man, I want to get filled by You. We stand up, take the things we just emptied of ourselves, put it back in and walk out. Hey, but that we leave them here. Say, hey, God whatever I'm involved in, whatever I know that this flesh enjoys, hey, it's not worth keeping that and pushing you out of my life. Hey, it's not worth me being able to have a little bit of pleasure in this sin and missing out on the blessings that you have for me. And it breaks my heart when we see somebody faithful in the Word of God, the the house of God, and then all of a sudden, somewhere along the line, they get out of it. They've replaced what they used to have, the Word of God in their life, they've replaced it with something else. Hey, then when they, when they used to talk, get on their knees before God and, and talk to God and bring their knees before God and, and praise God for how good He is, well, then that started to, to fill up with complaining or saying, well, man, I deserve this or I deserve that. And they start taking the things of God out of their life Start putting other things in. Hey, but that we would come tonight say, God, I'm going to put all this away. Hey, you know that, that race that He tells us that we're in, it says to lay aside every weight that so easily beset us. talks about the sin and the weight. Because they're two different things. It's not always just a sin that weighs us down. It's not always just a sin that fills our heart and takes up room where God wants to reside in. But it can be something that's just taking our focus off of God. Hey, but you think, you look around in this room, and this crowd, and we've got a, a great church, and man, it God's blessing. But look at how much more God could do if we all said, hey, I'm just going to hunger and thirst after the things of God. You know what? Sometimes He puts tomatoes on your plate. And... Man, that's the roughest meal. Tomatoes. Hey, but if God puts it on your plate, it's going to be good. Those are the tomatoes I will eat if God puts it on there. But you know, sometimes He puts a big old steak on there. Potatoes. He says, hey, I want to feed you tonight if you'll just come and hunger and thirst after the things of God. And we reach out and we see the souls and we see people walking the aisles and getting saved. We see people getting things li- right in their life. Seeing God making a difference. You know, I'm kind of tired of hearing about what used to happen. And I want to see something happen now. And, I, you know, I, I've, hear, I've heard all the stories. Man, and I'm thankful for them. And that goes back to part of that heritage that I had to be thankful for. That there were some men of God that would stand up. And that we have men of God that today still stand. Hey, but we can't just live on the past victories. Hey, God's not done with us. Sometimes we write ourselves off, but God's saying, Hey, I'm not done with you. I've still got a lot in store for you. I've still got a lot for you. But allow God to use you. Allow God to... To burn in your heart a burning fire and see what God will do for you. Let's uh, stand, if you would. Heads bowed and eyes closed as the